2: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Smashbox TV's podcast, 425's After, after
1: Show. Oh, oh, here we are. <laughs> Good show. It was a
2: lot of fun. I'm going to celebrate. You should, Terry. Um, I'm not going to lie. It's been a couple Good. of really long weeks, and everybody on the crew, the Pro Tour, uh the players the staff everybody will agree and i'm i'm no more special than the next guy but it's been a long like i i think i've been gone from my residence household whatever you want to call it for something like 6 out of the last 7 weeks or yeah i think like not here for six out of the last seven weeks, and that includes Sweden. That includes Bend uh for three or four of those weeks. So many amazing opportunities. Not complaining,
1: certainly, but it's been a long, long journey. Recently. Well, good thing we're good thing we're in the off season now, Terry, and you know, oh yeah, shit just gets way easier. Super slow down, <laughs> right? Yeah, not at all. I'm ex-
2: super excited. Not gonna lie, I am excited to go to Florida uh for the Chain Hawk Open and some Skins action there. I'm excited to go to um Arizona in a couple of weeks for the Phoenix Ladies Open and supporting that event. Um there's a lot of things going on and I'm super excited about those as well, but I'm also ready for ready for a a, a tiny tiny little catching my breath moment just so I can go do work like pick up 6000 my disk in a box boxes today. And uh, and then continue to pursue that along with some inventory of of Frisbees and a hundred other things. When are you going to Florida? I
1: don't care.
2: A couple weeks. No, no, no. Not for another month and a half. Oh,
1: I'll be down there. I'll be down there on Halloween. I'll avoid you. So which means that I'm there like a month after that. The show after that Tuesday show you might be doing by yourself. Heck yeah, finally. I know.
2: Finally. That's what you've always dreamed ready of. ready to not. Uh, one of the cool things I am doing next week, yeah, that doesn't conflict with this, is every year I go to, there's typically two shows this year because of timing. I'm only going to one of them, but every single year I go to what's, what's essentially the trade show for all of the wisconsin physical education all the gym teachers and that's a show i've been going to and manning that booth for over 20 years and i was just explaining it to somebody the other day that show has very much gone from like most of you probably that are in disc golf that show has gone from 20 years ago like having to describe intimately what disc golf is in every detail about it to every person that looked at this goofy basket thing at my booth to now teachers coming up to me and be like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I've seen you here the last 5 years. We we need to order these finally." And just just this turnaround and this uh development and you've you guys have seen pictures whether it's uh Avery Jenkins or Dana Vichy or or the Ruskos or whomever or Steve Rico and his brother Bamba at these types of shows. Honestly, one of my favorite things in disc golf to do. I, if, if I got fired from all media tomorrow, going to trade shows, I don't don't know. That's similar, but different Uh, going to trade shows and being able to, to promote and, and sell disc golf and, And work with people to develop disc golf would be my would be one of the other things I'd immediately want to jump into. So there's usually two big shows a year. There's the FIAD show with all the physical education teachers where I've gotten thousands of hundreds of teachers or thousands overall. And then usually it's the week after is a park and rec show, which almost every single state has and is also very influential. That's where you see all the park and rec directors. They're walking around trying to see what should be going in their park, you know, if they have enough room, if they have enough budget and the same exact scenario. They've gone from like you're selling. Is that a deer feeder (laughs) to like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This isn't our budget. Let's let's figure out how to do this. So. That's coming up um, next week, and
1: I'm looking forward to that as well. So,
2: ain't got no time for rest. We gotta get at it.
1: Let's All talk right. about the pro tour finale, Terry. It is the oh, yeah. culmination there was a tournament. of it. was a tournament. It's a culmination of a, of our entire season. Everybody's seated based on how they've done throughout the season. The few things dropped here and there, whatever. Either way, um, it's both of our one seeds won. Both of our top seeds took home the victory, Tatar in FPO and Ricky in MPO. For the first time, we we saw the uh the big dog win, not the underdog. Last year we had the ultimate underdog story with Nathan Queen. This year we have the ultimate uh favorite, <laughs> the ultimate favorite. Yeah. That's uh that's kind of how it went. It was it was kind of exciting for uh MPO, FPO not as much. I think the FPO was a little bit more wrapped up. We had Tatar went into the final hole with a four stroke lead, was able to take a double bogey to end up with a two stroke victory. But even then it wasn't even it didn't even feel that close. Uh she she just it I watched most of that round and it just felt like Missy Gannon couldn't really hit a putt. She was missing some things that I didn't think she normally did. And it felt like own Scoggins just could not get to the landing zones that the other women were getting to. Like she just couldn't Mm. quite throw far enough in the woods, whatever she took off for. But it always felt like she was pinched up against a tree or just not able to get to a prime landing spot to give you a shot at that par four. And so she was just always scrambling. Like, it just felt like she was just barely off the fairway or, or like, like I said, 30 feet short of where you really want to be to give you a nice, easy shot at your next one. And then Valerie Mondejano just couldn't keep it together, ultimately. No, she just didn't play you know, well.
2: Like her fellow Texan native, Bradley Williams on the NPO side, mm-hmm. like they both shredded the first time we saw them on camera on the course just shredded it like it was almost not even funny how like easy they made it look. It was just like, yeah, we're going to pure all these gaps. We're going to hit all these lines and we're going to show you that this is not difficult golf. And then both of them in both of their subsequent rounds came back and just unfortunately couldn't duplicate that effort. And there's something to be said about playing a course almost too perfectly the first time, because then internally there's this pressure of like, man, why well, birdied this last time? This hole's not that hard. And then next thing you know, you know, you hit a tree and you're you're looking at a par, bogey, double bogey, whatever. And I I could see how that could get really frustrating. But boy, did they both make it look so easy in the early goings. And uh, un- and unfortunately for them, they just could not. They couldn't duplicate the effort. So. Maybe. but it was uh yeah it was it was i i feel like the competition throughout the weekend at no point was i feeling disappointed and and nor should you because you're looking at uh, arguably the best of the best but at no point was
1: like oh man it was it was fun it was it, well it it was yeah. fun it was exciting i mean the format's great i think in general the, the downside, I know we've talked about the differences between how the pro tour used to be versus how it is now. Now every day they just take the top four scores and move them on, as opposed to mm-hmm. win your card. I liked win your card with a wild card spot because there was one of the days that the lead card just I think it was day three, maybe even. No, it had it it had to be day it had to be day two. The lead card just tanked. The card we decided to follow the 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 best seeds just didn't show up, and so literally going into the final hole a hole and a half, there was no drama. We were done with the round, and we had to kind of go back and like, all right, let's watch these guys finish out. So there was there was like zero there was zero drama to that, as opposed to the win your card option, where you know someone from that card is going to move on. I'm not advocating one way or the other. I'm fine with the way it is. It's just a little bit different mentality when. You know, it, it, it's it's like when someone off the second card wins a, a regular event by three strokes, and you know you're going into the last the last hole, and it's like, yeah, this, these people, there's nothing to fight for. And this time it's even less because yeah. you can't even build a story around it because they're just not moving on. They're gone. You're not going to see mm-hmm. them anymore. <laughs> At least in other mm-hmm. events, you, you'd be like, oh, this person's fighting for fifth place or fourth place. They want to get X amount. It didn't matter. Like they just literally yeah. weren't going to be there. But uh, ultimately ricky won on some dramatic fashion um i kind of felt like isaac i don't want to say handed it to him but just Mm. crumbled down the stretch he 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 Mm. could have he could have sealed it up with he missed three easy putts he missed three easy putts for isaac that he should have hit at least two easy ones and one i think it was just outside the circle if if he hits just two of those or just one of those he puts Ricky out of out of reach, and then Rick just you can't leave someone like Ricky in it. you just can't he's He has a drive and a determination he's a steamroller, you see it on the course, you see it in his attitude he He gets done with the hole and he is aggressively moving to his next position and that's what he did on the final hole. He was down by a stroke and he birdied eighteen, which had only been birdied twice before, and I think mm-hmm. that's hmm. I have a whole different thing about eighteen. And then they went to to tie it up. And Gannon, of course, had an opportunity to get back in it with his Eagle. Um and then from there moving on, he had to he had to birdie hole eighteen as well, couldn't get it done, so he was out of it. But then him and Isaac went to the overtime, and Ricky just steamrolled him. He birdied it again. Uh, two amazing shots at the most pressure-filled time. That's Ricky Wysocki.
2: Yeah, he definitely just got it done. I mean, to see how difficult eighteen played for so many people, and then to see him get it back to back, you certainly feel like he went out and earned it, mm-hmm. and and just cemented it or solidified it or whatever you want to say. It feels like he just went out and took it, and and wasn't holding back and
1: that's a tough shot because you need hole 18 particularly you need a great drive and what we saw almost everybody do was they threw a wider hyzer and ended up off to the a little bit more off to the right to stay away from the ob on the left and we saw a few people that tried to take the ricky route and come in tight and clip the little tree off on the left there. Ricky just threw two pure shots. I don't think eighteen is as difficult as we're all making it up to be. As in, hey, um, only two people birdied this. I don't think enough people went for the birdie. Is really what it is. They mm-hmm. they played they played it more safe because they, you you don't have to. Ricky didn't have that opportunity. He had to go for it, and so he played an aggressive line and put himself in a position where that sec, because I think that second shot that Ricky threw that forehand that he, that he put way up there. I think a lot of our players could throw that shot. It's a 400, mm. it's a 400 foot forehand heiser. Uh, I think a lot of players could throw it backhand. It, it, it is a difficult shot, but I think a lot of our top players can execute that shot. That's fine. But the, the difficult part is getting, putting yourself in that position because it's risky and Ricky yeah. just just took he 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 took the risk and threw it away. He just went at it when nobody else was doing that. Everybody played it safe off to more off to the right, leaving themselves almost no opportunity to get there short of a roller. Ricky didn't do that. Ricky said, "I'm just going to put myself in the optimal position on my drive to give me the optimal position for an approach." And like I said, Ricky is a steamroller. He you cannot let that guy into it. And and he took it from Isaac.
2: Yeah, it was it was impressive, and and you know he obviously opened the door even by taking what a bogey on sixteen, and you know threw a couple of terrible shots to put him in that position, to to fall back the way he did, and then uh, yeah the the way he came roaring back on eighteen and then eighteen again, real quick. Just I, <laughs> it, it's I guess it's not housekeeping, but. I saw a lot of criticism, of course, and and this goes with this whole new thing, and it's not new. Of God damn, can we can we for one minute not nitpick every like, not just anything but everything, and I and <laughs> and I think about that specifically today because you read how. It's well I d- I didn't like 18 it should have went to 17 and we're talking playoff holes it should have went to 17 it should have went to 18 it should have went to one it should have everybody's got this brilliant idea cool good for you the trophy's good enough no it's not good enough oh the trophy the tro- why isn't there a trophy for fourth well, there, Valerie Mundahano in the FPO was right there they knew there was going to be four people why wasn't there a trophy for fourth? Oh wait, never mind. I thought we only we hated participation trophy awards because only podium people finish and actually get trophies. Oh wait, There's, are the trophies good enough or are they not good enough? I've, oh, and there, there always has to be something. Zero zero people then followed up because of course you can't be you cannot be uh consistent. Zero people followed up with, well, why didn't Macbeth get a trophy for fourth? Where's Macbeth? Why didn't he get a trophy for fourth? Everybody bitch that there should have been a trophy for fourth for Valerie but nobody said anything about how there should have been a trophy for fourth for Paul but we're not going to keep consistent with our complaining and I know I'm complaining about complainers I get that I, I, I am just so sick and tired of every single decision of any kind that gets made it has to be completely scrutinized and then destroyed upon And and I know this sounds really dumb I know it does but it feels like somehow it's actually getting worse. And and maybe it's just been a long season and I'm sick of reading D-bag comments. And I'm not that's saying you should it. never have an opinion, but goddamn, you don't have to complain about every single decision, every single minute of every single day. And I just feel like that's where we're at. And it, it's hilarious how much how many trophy conversations there's been this year. And then, of course, it continued into the Pro Tour Championship this weekend, mm-hmm. and 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 I think the, the, again the irony or the inconsistency of saying that Valerie should have gotten one or fourth place should have gotten one, but no one said it when when Paul and Paul, let's be fair, Paul, <laughs> would maybe would have launched the tea he went to littered, but like it, uh. Metaphorically, would have launched it out his car if he got in a fourth place trophy. He doesn't care. Some kid would have gone home and, with a really
1: cool souvenir.
2: <laughs> yeah, but but Isaac Isaac maybe will proudly display as as he should because Isaac's in a different position than Ricky or Paul at this point in his yeah. career. And I don't I don't begrudge him for that at all. He should. But God, we're just the the just the nonstop. You know complaints about everything, and and my I think my problem with the complaints are is just that they're so inconsistent. Oh, I don't. We really are fired up this weekend about this particular thing, but the next weekend with a different person at a different course is something totally different. So, real quick to throw it out there, I've been informed because I'm not a huge golf nut. I've been informed that it's very common to have a playoff start on 18. Often it's a par four; it's a difficult hole. And guess what the gallery's already kind of there right the, the, which is why a lot of which is why a lot of
1: golf tournaments do that as well. The complaint is that's that what that, I mean that's yeah, what I'm saying, yeah the complaint is that that now, hole doesn't represent the course okay the, i i I kind of understand that like I get it you, you play seventeen you had to play
2: all f and eighteen
1: holes I know didn't but you? You, you you play seventeen holes of of pretty heavily wooded golf. And then there's one open hole, which still required technical a technical shot. By the way, like I just explained, and you start them on eighteen. Now I, you and I both understand why you start them on eighteen. The crowd's already there. Moving everyone to hole one is miserable because a it's a two hundred and forty foot mile away. It's a two hundred and eighty or something foot uphill shot. But whatever what two was it 220? I don't know. Whatever it no, was. 320 or 320, whatever it was. It it, it was uphill. The, there's not a lot of spectating viewing. It was done for spectator reasons, clearly. You have people there, you can more people can watch. We we heard Sean Jack say that he was hanging out by the catch cam, probably an optimal position for almost anybody, and he still couldn't get great shots, uh, great views of it. So I understand why they did it on 19. I understand the complaints that, you know, you you pick Again, the one hole that doesn't match the rest of the course, but eh, cool. I, I, Win it on 17 then. I, I agree. I I agree. I have no problem with there. the decision. I have no problem with the decision. I just I understand why people are complaining about it, but I don't necessarily agree.
2: As long as as long as it was predetermined before the tournament started. Yeah. Which it has to be. Uh, otherwise, I believe the default is hole 1. And then we had this whole conversation about at Maple Hill, they were going to get a waiver, blah, 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 but it didn't get in in time. Mm -hmm. So that's why the default is to go to hole one, uh, which is also per PDGA competition manual is the default. I believe I could be wrong. I'm usually not, but I believe that it is assumed that a playoff starts on hole one, unless mm-hmm. otherwise stated, and and if there's even additional um, statements to that, like a like a uh, like a cumulative score, like they were talking about originally, then you have to have a waiver for that and get that approved. But otherwise, the default is to go to hole one. In this case, they clearly had it stated ahead of time that it was going to go to eighteen and then one. And then two. What, 18, I think it's 18, 1, 2, two 17, 4, or 4, 17, se- 17, yeah. 18, or something like that. I get repeated. One, two, I don't remember what it was. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Anyway, it's just like, oh, they just handed it to Ricky. They just handed it, like, by yeah. going to that hole, they just handed it to Ricky.
1: No. Yeah. No, Isaac. No bias biased in having it on that hole. Isaac could birdie that hole if he tried to be aggressive sure. like Ricky. If, if again, If he tried to cut that corner because that was a sharp dog leg left, Isaac got maybe the unfortunate position that he had to throw first on 18. And he did the exact same thing that he did during the round. He played it a little bit more safe, a little bit wider hyzer off towards the stuff on the right. When you put yourself over there, you do not give yourself an opportunity at a birdie. It is virtually impossible short of a perfect roller because you have to play underneath of those low-hanging branches. You can't get the distance to get out there and power hyzer. There's probably, it's probably Eagle and Anthony Borella are the only people in the world that could go in that right position and throw a low, hard shot and get get there with the power that they have. Um, Ricky, as we said, he got to see what Isaac did and said, cool, guess what? I'm going to just do what I did 10 minutes ago. And he played an aggressive route, which gave him a much bigger opening. And then he was able to throw his power forehand. If Isaac puts himself in Ricky's position, I think Isaac can get there with a backhand, get inside that circle to give himself a putt. You know, Ricky played the forehand because it goes away from the OB. He didn't have to worry as much about flipping it over. It's a safer The forehand is a safer shot than the backhand there. But again, you put Isaac where Ricky was. I think Isaac can push that hole, but Isaac didn't put himself there. Isaac played for what he had played the rest of the well, round for. Cuz we started on 18. And and again, so it's not I disagree with the fact that we gave it to Ricky because of distance. I completely disagree. Yeah. Like that's and yeah. Yeah, that's just not I, I don't it really, may, it may, I'm not
2: sure if you're mm-hmm. uh I'm reading off the board here. Uh former American Idol. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, what are you, Clay Aiken? Uh, he says Jeff Spring flips a disc. Winner gets trophy. Oh, I okay. I, you're you're suggesting that? It's I think he's flipping. being no, facetious. No, no, that, yeah, yeah, there there he is. No, somebody else said something about um the coin flip by Jeff Spring went as
1: poorly as possible. I don't know what you mean by that, Ray. I he, he flipped a I coin over pull- over by the T area, and it flipped, and it uh-huh. went. Unless he meant it went as poor as possible for Isaac, that's possible. Like if if you're Isaac, sure. you, you probably want to go second there on that particular sure, hole. Maybe, but I because, don't. Yeah, because if you see Ricky get aggressive and be in bounds where he lands, then you know you have to be aggressive. Like I get yeah, that. maybe, it, but it, for sure. Like I understand the concept. And then if it goes, you know, if it goes to hole one, I saw people like, well, yeah, if it went to hole one, Isaac would have because Ricky. I'm like, no, I Ricky birdied it that, that last round. He double bogeyed it. The, I think. I think he birdied it the the last round, and he because he bogeyed it or double bogeyed it or yeah, something. Yeah, first round, the first he time he know, played, he was there, and because he was the only person to bogey it to move on in the entire tournament, he was the only person to bogey that first hole and, and still move it. on and still move on to the next thing. Oh, did he par it on that final round? He parred it.
2: That's what I thought. Okay. He parred the okay. second
1: round or the I second understand. time he played it. Okay. I'm sorry. Or nonetheless, yeah, I thought he Yeah, he went needed, bogey par. He went one over. Yeah. I, and I, that doesn't guarantee Isaac anything. Like just, because as we know, Ricky is a competitor. Ricky would probably walk up to hole one and be like, cool. I'm going through all the trees. Literally. I'm going to chop them down. I'm going to go through them. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what Rick, that's what Ricky does. Knife. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't yeah, have a problem so. with the playoff hole. That's fine. Whatever. It it It, it, it Everybody knew it was coming. Predetermined. If you don't want to be in a playoff beat wait, beat exactly the said like he, competitor before the playoff Isaac Isaac should down. have won it t- two other times during that round and put Ricky out of reach, and he just didn't he He choked away some putts, and that's unfortunate because Isaac is a really good putter, and the pressure I think got to him that's a you could yeah, kind when he airballed, yeah. One hole, you're like, huh? That, yeah. Like,
2: I think I said the, my phrase was like, that's got to be ner- like nerves. You, you just,
1: that's pressure like, that's unlike nerves. Unlike any other. Like, yeah. Because you're thinking for him, that $30,000 is a year's worth of winnings. Yeah. Like, that. that is going to yeah. double. And on top of that, you're, you know, there's got to be something in the back of your head thinking, God, if I win this, I'm probably going to get a disc. That's going to be another. 10, 15, 20 grand in royalties, a cool special Pro Tour disc, champion disc, and this and that. And the, the the pressure is immense. I can't even fathom it. You know, which is what we're gonna see hopefully at the GK Pro Skins. Same type of pressure when somebody has to go up for a thirty or forty thousand dollar butt, you know, a difference in whatever it's gonna be. I, I hope we see some of that. So I mean Isaac played well, he's gonna be a competitor for the next bunch of years. And and as will Ricky and Gannon and Paul, I just that's the way it works. But I I thought the course was fine. It was, I think I would have rather seen him play Rennie spectator wise. I think Rennie Gold could have probably fit more spectators in. Just I think you could have because I think as everyone said that course as much as as great as the course was, I think Nevin is a better course. But if you want to include everything like spectators and all that other stuff. I think Rennie would have worked out better because it's, it's a little bit more open. But you get what you get when you know whatever happened, they didn't know. They found out a month ahead of time that they were going to have to go to Nevin. You know? So there, was, there were some issues with, I don't know, uh, obviously availability and whatnot. So maybe Rennie Gold wasn't even available to them. I just think in the Charlotte area, if you can't play Hornet's Nest, then Rennie makes sense for spectators. But I don't care. They they all played the same eighteen holes, and it was a fun. It was fun to sit back and watch from our perspective. Cameras have great angles, almost every yeah. time.
0: Um,
2: yeah. I'm oh, sorry, I was just reading off the board. Uh, Dan Harbeck says Isaac is a talented player, top player, rookie of the year. Uh, yeah. I, there there's some voting and some finalization. Again, everybody's got their own FN award show. We should he's, come up with smashy awards.
1: Isaac is the D... I think he's locked for the DGPT Rookie of the Year. But he's not because he doesn't qualify for the PDGA Rookie of the Year. That's... For PDGA, or, yeah. That's Burridge, I think. Robert Burridge. He, I, that sounds correct. I, th- I think that's right. Um, But he's not the Smashbox Rookie of the Year because we have a whole different oh, criteria. no, because... We're gonna yeah. make up some other random yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, for us, it's a combination of push-ups, sit-ups. It's yep. basically the presidential mm-hmm. physical fitness challenge. But yep, like when you were ten, mm-hmm. yeah, but you have to, yeah, but you can't be larger than a ten-year-old. That's the deal for rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm sorry, There's a couple guys. There's in, a very in the running for that. It's funny because <laughs> Emerson Keith wins it every year. I know that guy. <laughs> Damn him. Uh so yeah,
2: it uh, we'll see how it all shakes out. But yeah, plenty of uh, plenty of voting and other silly things that are coming about here soon. Uh, Ray says Prodigy looked dead in the water during the off season when Dickerson leaving, and they had three big names emerge: Isaac, Gannon, Alden. Yeah, all all clearly, all three of them have stepped up in their own ways. Um, I'm not going to say that I heard. Some numbers for some players on that team, but they sounded embarrassingly low. But I did hear that. But we'll um, move on. Well, it, I, I,
1: I, can't I can understand or that. Deny. Like the guys, yeah, we had on, correct. You've got the guys unproven, all, young guys. Rookies. You know, you going into this this year, you had Gannon Burr, who was the most proven because he proved pretty decent at the end of the year that he was going to be a competitor. But that could have been a flash in the pan. You don't know Alden Harris, who really hadn't done anything. Isaac Robinson, who hadn't, you know, he showed a, a glimmer here and there last year, but really he was sure. just coming out of college. Everyone kind of knew he was a good player, but we didn't know if he was a great player. There's a ton of good players in our sport. And, and then you've got uh, Gavin Babcock, who still hasn't proven he's a great player. He's an okay player. As we said, he took top 15 at all the majors, but there were pro tour events. He just didn't flat out. I don't think he took top 50 at some of them. And so sure. t- to me, going into the season, it makes sense that some of those players might only be making twenty, thirty thousand dollars 30000 at most. But again, they're rookies. If Gannon has another year on his contract, now it, again, if I'm prodigy, I'm probably talking to Gannon right now about scrapping the old contract and writing a new one where he's going to get paid. Because you don't want him to go to free agency, in theory because he is probably the hottest youngest player that has a lot of I mean he's got 10 probably just really good barring injury solid years on him. Um and hopefully you're doing that with Isaac as well because I think Isaac is probably the next best behind Gannon. You're talking about something. And it makes it makes a lot of sense that they're not making Kevin Jones money because Kevin Jones yeah. and who had a horrible year. But you know that's you know Kevin was a proven commodity. He's a great disc sales. He's got a huge fan base. He you know I'm I'm never going to say someone doesn't deserve their money. You know he earned it. He he earned it by his previous years. And I think Gannon is doing the same thing this year. He's earning the next big contract he's going to get. So the question is, is Prodigy going to be able to keep them all? Can he? Can they keep uh, all three or four of those guys? I don't know. Do they want to? Is you know are. Is it, is there, there's a whole bunch of new things that are coming to place. These guys are all really young. And suddenly when you find out, you know, let's just play pretend we're two years in the future. Gannon's making $200,000 a year. Isaac's making $120,000 a year. Alden's making 50,000 or whatever those numbers are. Is there jealousy? Is there bitterness? Is, you know, do, do you feel like you've earned something? You know, it, it does, does Alden deserve what Isaac had gotten? They both want to pro. Well, I guess not true because Isaac won a silver series. Isaac won a pro tour. Alden won a silver series. You know, it just there's so many different ways to weigh and measure who's who sells what. You know, does Alden Harris, because of his YouTube channel, sell more discs than Gannon? Yeah, I I don't know. Those are all discussions that are going to have to be had. They're all discussions that they're going to work on. And I'm sure they're going to they're all already talking about it. I guarantee it.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Spock Kaiser asks, I noticed AJ Risley on camera duty. Is he done touring? Uh, as of right now, um, you know, I had a conversation with uh, AJ. He did some work with me back at around Pro Worlds time briefly, and then he's been working for the Disc Golf Pro Tour for the last few weekends. Uh, the Tour Championship along with one or two other events, including Worlds, including um, GMC or Maple or MVP. One, one, He was at one or not the other, but because he had a family thing. Uh, anyway, long story short, yeah, he's he's doing stuff with the pro tour as of now. I I had a conversation with him at one point, and he said, "Yeah, I'd still love to play golf. It's just that continues to be very unknown. So until then, uh, I think it's awesome that he's able to be involved and do you know media related work with whomever uh, in the meantime. But I'll say that's where his touring life, so to speak, is at. Uh, as of right now, but if if he had his way, he'd be playing professionally. You know, come next year, it's just a matter of will the wrist uh, go for it. Um, Kelvin had bids for his contract. Do you think Innova paid him six figures, like three hundred k a year? Well, six figures, uh, which obviously would indicate a bare minimum of a hundred k, and then three hundred. I, I would say. Um, do you think Innova paid him six figures? If if they did, I'm 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 gonna say even though it's an NDA on it, and I gave him a hard time about it, and he didn't reply to me, because um, <laughs> he, he knows have. you have a big he mouth. Ignored me. He, <laughs> no, well, no, rightfully he should have so. rightfully just ignored me in general. Yes. Um, on that one, but y- yes, he's for sure getting six figures. I'm just gonna say that, and I'd I'd better frisbee on it. Now, if that's Two fifty, three hundred, or nine hundred ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars. I don't know, but he's yes, I'm,
1: definitely getting six figures. I would, I would bet two discs that over because he signed a five year agreement that he will make over two million dollars in the next five years. Yeah, that seems like a safe bet because I'm it sure gives you a
2: little wiggle room, but probably a safe bet for sure.
1: Yeah, I, because I think that. He just got the Signature Toro, which Innova rarely gives people signature discs unless they win worlds. You know, Ricky mm-hmm. had the Signature Destroyer, but Kelvin had the Toro, which was kind of built around him. Um and so that means that every Toro sold, he gets a he gets a cut. He gets a portion mm-hmm. of that disc. Um I thought he had one more signature disc too maybe. He's got the well, he's got the Halo.
2: he's got a He's had a Destroyer. Yeah. And then there's always constantly this conversation about a uh, about an eagle or not. But yeah, yeah he's know he had a, the, Halo like, uh, destroyer. a tour series. Yeah. Just, Halo
1: destroyer. But and I don't know enough about Innova does is every Halo destroyer a Kelvin disc or just a run of Halo destroyer disc? Does he get I think a think They are right now. They're all H- they're Calvin. all OK. So right now they're all. I so. so, I mean, having the Halo destroyer is is, is a pretty good deal. I'm sure presumably and and so i I'm willing to bet that between those two signature discs i don't again, I don't think he's making five or six hundred thousand a year flat. He could I be think he should be I think he should be based on everything else, and maybe he is, but I do think that with bonuses and disc sales, I think my two million dollars is a safe bet. Which means he owes us dinner.
2: Yeah. Calvin. I wish I had him with me. Me and Calvin made a little trade recently. And boy, oh boy. Do I have you some keep, goodies. But you I keep saying they've the, told us like three times. No, no, no. No, no. But I finally got the disc. Oh. And like I gave him some. But now I, I got some in return. Oh. And uh, they're tasty. But they're at storage. They They arrived at storage. In today, general, so sorry, what people. are they?
1: Destroyers, some Couple destroyers,
2: different... some Firebirds, some very rare, rare, rare stuff. Cool. I'll take pictures and then not sell them to you guys. No, I All don't right. want them. I uh, don't let's want read them. a few more things off the board. Uh, Dynamic wanted him in 2020 twenty twenty, twenty twenty one. Ricky was in the picture. Yep, uh, those yeah. Halo destroyers are surely bringing in the <laughs> some, bank. Some are becoming more popular. Is a Draco out there. Just a
1: Firebird? I have no clue. Um I think somewhere it is. out there there's video uh-huh. of Kelvin warming up with all the DD guys before the season before he what? signed his contract. Um because it was almost it was literally that close that that Vinny was almost ready to sign with DD and they had, they'd started to make some marketing stuff and then things changed. Plans changed. So, Speaking of double G jerky, I should have some right now. You should have brought some, some. smashed. Over
2: here. Crack. Pepper. Uh so uh, uh this actually does have a, a little ounce of a segue. Not the <laughs> five ounces of jerky you could get. Uh I guess the Eagle McMahon uh vegan jerky is no longer a thing. Because hmm. Eagle McMahon is no longer vegan. So they So the they... jerky that they uh, specially run ran for him. Uh, they are, I think, selling it out, and then uh, and that that will be the end of the line. For, so, has, uh, so Eagle, Eagle, e-
1: Eagle is no longer vegan. He is he is, is he vegetarian now? Is he or is he going to? No, nope. he's eating meat. Nope, products? he's he's eating Chicken? he's eating steaks. Yeah. Oh, is he is he, is he? Um, did he go right from vegan to to cat's carnivore diet? Just like a flip flop? Yeah. Now he's sponsored by Johnsonville. Oh, oh sure. nice.
2: Uh, let, let's let's sidetrack to that quickly. Out of my ramblings, which will continue. Go for um, it, Terry. Eagle McMahon makes a public announcement saying, guys, I'm not, uh, due to my health and due to my recovery for 2023, I am not playing at the USDGC and I'm not going to the Pro Tour Championship of which I've qualified for. 2022. I'm not doing either of those events. Well, yeah, Correct. He's not doing the 2022 USDGC and he's not doing the 2022 Disc Golf Pro Tour Championship. I'll see you in 2023. I'm on the road to recovery. Until a few days ago and he says, guys, I think the exact phrasing was I got an offer I couldn't refuse. And and I was going to bring this up with the GK Pro guys, but then we got sidetracked to a, a million other questions, understandably. And he Eagle, he, said, I got an offer I couldn't refuse. I'm going to the Skins match. Papa, what kind of uh, offer? Let me quote, I thought I was done for the year, but I got an invite to an event I couldn't refuse. I'll be heading to Missouri next week to play in the big money Skins match at the amazing Eagles Crossing course. My body is feeling good, and I can't wait to play one of the best courses in the world. There's a link to big money skins. Hashtag, hashtag, hashtag.
1: What kind of money now is I would be curious if it's like an offer you can't refuse a a an appearance fee covering costs, just getting into the event? Is that is that like motivation enough that you have the chance to win fifty thousand dollars? The biggest the biggest purse in in theory and discussion, But biggest. What was that? I said non sanctioned but biggest. So- yeah. Yeah. B- biggest, biggest in modern history of disc golf. Like, is, is that enough to drive you, quote unquote, out of uh, relaxation mode? Or is there an additional, I don't want to say under the table because that sounds sheisty. Is there an diff- additional appearance fee that he's getting on top of getting the opportunity to, play for these this $50,000 skins match and then I think he won European Open he's not he's not playing USDGC or he didn't play USDGC he didn't play the Pro Tour both of which had the opportunity to win twenty dollars and $30,000 I, I don't I don't understand the reasoning as to to to, to forego the two majors well the major and the, the, the finale to play an unsanctioned skins match like I, I i just don't i don't understand the the reasoning like if you if you don't want to play the other big money events okay but you're gonna play this big money event and yeah, but, i mean maybe two weeks ago he didn't feel ready for it and I, clearly you can't most of the time <clears throat> you can't just sign up last minute and show up with eat with the pro tour championship he could have he earned a play in spot that he just that he didn't go. But maybe he knew it was Nevin and it was a is a really wooded course and he didn't want to play a wooded course. Eagle, you know
2: Yeah, I, I don't know or, the reason. And or he felt like, hey, I I can go play Eagles Eagles Crossing without mm-hmm. a forehand and therefore yeah, sign me up. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I, I don't know. Here's I what I'm gonna say about it and and I'd love to have him on the show. I'd love to talk to him. I'm at bare minimum, I'm shocked. I'm a little surprised that he would make the statement he did, you know, a few weeks ago saying, Hey guys, I, I'm done for twenty twenty two. I'm gonna focus on twenty twenty three. I loved it. I'm all about it. Like, I think that's a bold and and even brave move of like, you know what? I'm gonna skip the two biggest paychecks of the year and I'm gonna prep for twenty twenty three. Okay, I of course, I, there's nothing I can do but support that. I'm yeah. I can't second guess any of his health conditions or whatever he's working on. But then as we're in the literally in the middle of the Pro Tour Championship weekend, he says, "Well, whoa, 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 wait. I I'm going to go to this other big money event." Again, I, I don't, I'll go ahead and say I think he's one of the few players that where 50 grand is not life-changing to him. 100 grand is no longer life-changing to him. It is for hundreds or thousands of other disc golfers. To him, it, it is not. I am shocked that Eagle would put himself in the position. And th- and then you have to wonder, and I have no insider knowledge of this, you'd have to wonder, to, Does do any of his sponsors care? And primary, I guess, being Discmania,
1: Discmania do any the of them world. care?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, backstage or organics. I'm not sure
1: they really care. Um, the, I mean, it's just it's grip, just weird whomever. that you choose to represent yourself at an unsanctioned skins match and not at one of our majors. Yeah, I don't know that's that, that's or all near just, majors. Yeah, or near major or whatever. I just, I don't know. I'd be curious to ask him his what his thought process is on it. Like, why why did you choose this one? And maybe he just thinks it's maybe again maybe he knows the clerks because he's he's Played it and he understands. Hey, I know I can get by by just throwing a bunch of backhands. I don't have to even think about throwing a forehand, as opposed to Nevin, which probably, as we've seen, sets up pretty well <laughs> for a lefty and a forehand and more accurate. Sure. And it's a wooded course, which isn't necessarily Eagle's strong point. And and USCGC, which we've known for a long time, tends to be a lefty friendly course or forehand friendly course. And you know, and Eagles Eagles tried, you know, USCGC and. Broke his hand. <laughs> so
2: yeah, I, again, yeah, so maybe there's some emotional trauma there that he just doesn't want to set himself up for. Now, Ray has said it twice, so I'm going to read it. Ray says, I don't know, quote, I don't know. I think a guarantee 25K speaks for itself. Like someone else said, maybe long-term naming or likeness situation, end quote. Ray, can, you you can confirm That what Eagles, quote unquote appearance or appearance fee has is twenty five k for this, because that would be news to me. And I and
1: I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying that would be news to me. Yeah. Well, we we know the gentleman that owns Eagles Crossing has the monetary. He has at least tens of dollars. He's got a few bucks. He's got he's got some he's got some pennies that he he found in his couch cushion and they're polished. That that would be. He says no. I can't. So Ray's just talking out of his
2: ass saying yeah. no I cannot I cannot confess. I was going to okay. say cuz cuz that I, would
1: that would be some news
2: Of course now if there's an appearance there there might be a guaranteed appearance fee he might be getting $1000 he might be getting all of his expenses paid plus $1000 he might be getting 2000 5000 he might be getting 10000 I don't think he'd get any more than 10 but let's just say he's getting maybe he's getting some guaranteed appearance fee money we'll, we'll just randomly pick a number and say 5 grand Great. Five grand with a chance to win 50 more. Maybe that's the scenario. I, I honestly have no idea. That's still fine and dandy. I just think it's it seems a little out of character for Eagle to forego a major being the USDGC, a relatively open course that could be potentially, I don't know how much different it is than the European Open, that could be potentially won backhand exclusively and he says no thanks, but yep, sign me up for
1: the suburb of St. Louis. I'm going. <laughs> it, it strikes me as odd. That's all. No, oh, I'm 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 with you. I I don't understand the reasoning. But again, that's something maybe maybe we'll get to hear Eagle talk at, in one of the interviews uh, on the on the broadcast and figure there out maybe go. he'll he'll explain what his mentality was behind it. Yeah,
2: uh, Dust says, and this was talked about this weekend among. A few of us in uh, Ben, Dust says, maybe it's a mental thing. The major and such brings pressure. Skins match is just for fun, no pressure. 100%. Sure. And and let me be very clear. I'm not second-guessing Eagle's decision. I don't.
1: Well, you kind of In are. the
2: most polite way, I don't give, a, <laughs> give an F what Eagle does. But it is an interesting turn of events when he it's, makes it's a very deliberate choice. effort to say, I'm not playing. And then he says, whoa, 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 whoa. There's
1: this big thing going on that I can't miss, so I will be playing. And maybe, and m- again, maybe it's just, just that. that maybe it's literally just like, hey, this has never been done before. I want to be involved sure. in it. Yeah, uh, I, don't, uh, I, I don't. Eagle can do whatever the hell Eagle wants. Of um, course, I'm just, I'm just curious as to why. Uh, Dan, he's no
2: longer just young though. He's been around long enough. I I, I hear what you're saying. You he's say like 24. Eagle is young. Eh. He's he's not like a young naive, sheltered idiot, you know, fourteen year old or eighteen year old anymore. Like he's been around, he knows what he's doing, and whatever it is, I'm good with. But he knows what he's doing. I'm I'm not giving him the young, <laughs> the young uh, moniker or excuse anymore. They make you eat a piece of bacon on the first hole of the USDC. That would be. Very specifically, oddly weird, and they do not.
1: And Terry uh, would Terry be up the in first tee earlier for every single <laughs> card. Nah, I don't.
2: I don't get all hyped up for bacon like you know the other trendy, trendy oh, people. Bacon there. is so yummy, though. It's, it's very good. It's fine. Yeah, I'll take it or leave it. Oh no, I'll always take it. Like I, I do Nine I'm, times I'm, out of ten, it's gross and thrown out at the last second so they can charge you two bucks more. Oh no. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Mm.
1: Bacon's usually pretty good.
2: Anyway, <laughs> bacon avo- uh avocado toast. I hear you, Spocky sir. That, that sure. I will not go out of my way for I it. I don't like
1: avocado. You like bacon's yummy.
2: What? All the like stuff it. you like and dislike avocado. You you don't, yeah, I don't and really I do. Like,
1: That's weird. I, yeah, I don't really like avocado. Like, I All right. Mind. I don't Ray mind. says it. like I don't mind it. Like I, obviously I don't mind the guacamole, which is basically avocado. But it's like, eh, I can take it or leave it. If I never eat it again, I wouldn't be sad. Hmm. But if it's around, oh, I'll use Ray it as a dip. Oddly ass, and this isn't his first time,
2: Terry, let <laughs> us know when you renew your DGN contract for next season. Okay. <laughs> um, technically, this would be a new contract season this upcoming year, and if I keep saying dumb shit,
1: I might not get a contract offer. Listen, you, I, you, that's reasonable. You nailed the Barbasol. <laughs> Put it on your face. Put it on your face. <laughs> uh, well, now that Sean Jack's gone, we can I can say all the other ones that we were making up for Barbasol in the oh, control I room. Think,
2: I think it would be uh, like Barbasol. Uh, no, <laughs> wait. <laughs> I had one just come to me a moment ago. It'd be uh, Barbasol. Or that guy you call daddy. No, no, that's creepy. (laughs) No, something about, because my dad
1: used to use Barbasol. Yeah, and that's what I was, that's the joke. I was like, Barbasol, it's the, it's the reason for the rusty ring. (laughs) Like, that's that's what I think of in the shower. Like you get that rusty ring from the Barbasol can that's been in there forever or like, which is now rust free, which is now rust free. I'm sure.
2: But that's, they've made, they've made it a point like on their website. It says like no longer. Yeah,
1: no, I get it. Like Barbasol. In your grandpa's closet, you know, <laughs> barbasol for that guy you call daddy. No, maybe no, I don't know. No, that's still creepy, Terry. <laughs> still creepy. Anytime you, I think anytime you use the word daddy, it's it's creepy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for that guy you call daddy. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> barbasol. I don't know.
2: Shave it other places. Up.
1: <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh,
2: cover them all. <laughs> All right, you need a disc dyeing tutorial. Yeah, the problem is Johnny nor I know how to really dye discs with Barbasol. No, no. I just know what happens, and I was very quickly corrected this weekend. Just so you know, most dyers don't use you know,
1: don't use shaving cream anymore. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. Depends on what you're going for. I mean, look. it depends on the look you're going for, I think, but sure. Sure.
2: Uh, Barbasol, given a clean shave from top to bottom. Pretty good stuff. I use it. Are you a part of the DGPT on tour doc series, Terry? Um, they checked in with me at worlds for, I don't want to say a few minutes for an hour. Will various silly things I said, make it into various parts of the docu series. Maybe um, there was never like a sit down. This is a docu series conversation. There was a instead at worlds. There was a hey, let's sit down and talk about stuff, and I feel like that might get spread into a few pieces of the docu series. Maybe, maybe not. I honestly don't know. Like, I, I can't stress enough. I, I have no idea.
1: Barbasol. So reenact Varsity Blues. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> lots of uh, lots of yeah, opportunities. There you go. <laughs>
2: Uh, I don't want your life.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> Terry, can we get you to reenact Varsity Blues with the barbasol? I, I got some ideas. I got okay, some ideas. I mean, as long as you're not recording and you're away from me. <laughs> Tim says, pretty sure that was whipped cream. I'm sure it was, but you can still reenact it with barbasol, Tim. I've never seen the movie. I've only seen clips of it. I'm just saying.
2: James, was that
1: James Vanderbeek?
2: <laughs> I don't want your life. I don't I want, want your life. life. Yeah. Anyway, no, 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 we don't. We don't want to get too silly over there. Um. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I if I think back, the only the only takeaway from that entire conversation with Sean Jack was that I should get paid more. <laughs> is what is the only takeaway sure. that I I heard from him. Okay. Now, Sean uh, very graciously did say. Uh, that he uh, kind of like he said tonight, he sent me a text today that said, Hey, thanks for adapting to barbasol quickly and and uh you know going along with it all, even though it was last moment whatever and like to me it was it was a lot of fun it was a lot of in fact in fact i 'll follow that up by saying I was actually disappointed that i didn't randomly have more puns and or plays on
1: the idea think, of a of a shaving cream or a shaving I think it's tough uh because barbasol doesn't sound like another word, so you can't make. So it's hard to make a pun. And yeah, but just shave it like whiskers, sh- face sh- shaving, trimming I can, I can beards. It, you know,
2: yeah. I yeah. just I I, I
1: was a little done, disappointed. You could have done a little bit better, but
2: yeah. Uh, you all should try the nineteen nineteen barbasol. It's legit good non-foam shaving cream. Barbasol shaving off strokes. Yeah, I mean. Mm -hmm. again i
1: see shaving shaving strokes is is usually like a term they use for like (laughs) when you're gambling and you're throwing points but he shaved some strokes but
2: yeah uh john madalone or madalone It's very late to the show, Kristen Tatar put on a clinic this year. I'm excited to see how FPO field handles the offseason. Yeah, we didn't even really talk about that. But, yeah, Kristen uh, obviously dominated and played really well. I guess Johnny quickly did. One of my highlights, though, is in route, uh, I had a layover in Chicago. And in route, I saw Evelina had posted and said something about going home, that she was at the O'Hare Airport, which I was heading to. I'm like, holy cow, that's crazy. I'm gonna keep my, and I'm coming into the international uh, side of O'Hare. I'm like, oh my god, there's a very legitimate chance to, based on the timing of her post and me arriving, I might see Evelina Solonen. So I'm walking through the international terminal at O'Hare, walking. And I'm I, my eyes are peeled. I'm definitely looking for Henna and Evelina. Don't see them. And finally, I'm like, I'm not going to go out of my way to go search down a couple other terminal or uh, gates, even though I I think had I walked down just a few more gates that were out of my way, I would have for sure probably seen them. But I'm just about to go to baggage claim, sitting there with just literally a line of bags. Kristen Tatar. Those are her trophies. Which is kind of. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's all bags. And then there's literally like a grocery bag kind of thing or like a reusable grocery bag that's got the uh disc golf pro tour tour points trophy mm-hmm. like that she got weeks ago at MVP and there's that and there's another trophy upside down resting inside of that one she had like packed to the gills she's got all these bags and she she even said something like these are all like my carry-ons. Like I got to pay extra for all these. I'm like, yeah, what a good problem to have. You literally have too many luggage items because you're, you're bringing home bags full of trophies. Like just to be fair, most people don't have these problems, Kristen. These are Kristen Tatar problems. And uh, so it was just awesome. Like, and I know Kristen and silver relatively well, not, Super well, but I know them pretty well. And so I sat and talked to her. If you saw my Instagram, I did a little Instagram story with her. And I said something about, yeah, like I expected to see Evelina and Henna. She's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, we just saw them a, f- a little while ago. And uh, they were obviously all about to get on different flights. And then after chatting with her for a few minutes, which is just, I know this sounds silly and I see her a lot, but the fact that I was just in Bend commentating on her down in Charlotte and then we're meeting in Chicago is kind of this cool experience. And so I sit and talk to her for a moment and then she points over to Silver who was standing in line ready to get food. I walk over to Silver so that I could say goodbye to him officially also do a little quick Instagram with him. And as always, they're like super gracious and and kind and whatever. Uh, but it was it was really cool. It was it was fulfilling and awesome to see them kind of as they're you know sending them back to Estonia and now with all of that there's there's an ending here I want to host like the Kristen Tatar open where we add like four, three or four grand to the purse and then she wins just so she can get past Waisaki as again being the sole money winner for the well, year. Because we keep saying like, okay, well, you know, money winner, blah blah blah. You could still have
1: another sanctioned tournament. That's interesting because she, I mean, she could go overseas and play another event. I or asked two. her. Yeah. I
2: asked her, and that's not her plans. Okay, but I said, I then I pitched it to her. I'm like, what if I come over though and run like a tournament and get a ton of added cash just to you'll then win. There's no money just, for FBO yeah. added. Yeah. It's all in FBO. Just so you'll win it. So you'll have the, the yeah. and she smiled and she really liked that idea. So yeah. I don't know if I got enough sponsors and if somebody wanted to send me a, to Estonia for a one day C tier, so she could win like $3,500 or whatever she needs. I think it would be hilarious to have her get past Wysocki. And and I'm not even picking on Waisaki. I just think it'd be amazing to have a woman have this single season, you know, earnings, you know, officially in the record book for a year. For a year, yeah. Cause it, it, I, assuming, I get it, but assuming disc golf still keeps be going. awesome. No, I agree. I think it would be kind of cool. <laughs> and it'd be funny that I traveled to Estonia just to run. I run a flex start that's got four grand added, and Kristen mm. wins. <laughs> Oh my god, that would be even better. Run a flex start. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh yeah, I mean it would count. So, it would count. Uh All right, let me let me read a couple of notes and then we're going to start wrapping this. Apparently I got to get up with my kids in the morning. So, I'm the only one home. Um all right, curious how many FPO players try to develop beforehand.
1: How many are going to try Uh, over the offseason is, I think, what they're saying.
2: eh, I mean, I think all of them, to some degree, have either are trying or will try. The question is, how confident will they be that they actually like display it? And uh, David John said, did Jeff Spring make an ESPN announcement? Not in any official capacity. I don't believe there's any ESPN thing going on this year. I think you're wrong, but um, we'll see. Uh, seems really smart. Always a smile. Yes. I assuming you're talking about, uh, Kristen. Yeah. She, she was so gracious and so kind. Uh, it was just awesome running into her at the airport. I'm watching this from the start. The Eagles crossing question. What about, uh, why the dude is into investing got really weird. Luke says land land did the work. Then I don't know what you're trying to say. Uh, he fell in love with disc golf. Found COVID, fell in love with disc golf, and has an absurd amount of money. Like if we're really paraphrasing and is doing big things for golf. That that's what I could say. Then the other guy cuts in saying he leveled Earth with big machines. and Terry is laughing almost. It's just weird. I'm not saying I don't say weird shit. Um, maybe, but yeah, he just he was not shy about spending any money. And that's where I heard like the six to seven million dollars thus far invested, landscaping and everything else that's gone along with it. And it sounds like that's no big deal for him, which is awesome. Um she made a powerful statement, meaning Kristen, she certainly did, super callous, fragilistic, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh Kristen was an amazing individual. We met at twenty nineteen, European open, glad to see her success. Gotcha. Um, Ray talks about the money investing. I was I remember spectating my first disc golf event 2019 Peoria Lake Eureka. I was so pumped to see hole one over the shot. Winnings are still number one. Uh, did Estonia at sorry, uh, maybe I love it I'm when you read questions, Trump. but you
1: really just a, str- a, a, a str- uh, like you don't read them pre like ahead of time you just like pre-read literally... no
2: i read them like lo- like real time yeah you're and, right and then, and then, then like half and the then time I trail
1: off you trail off and it's a babble and no one has any clue what you're talking about
2: well it's like it's like that either question was either already addressed in a previous uh, statement or that's why you pre-read um, pre- them terry oh no i don't got time for that i ain't got time um, for that
1: all right, Terry, let's give something away tonight. We have 161 people eligible for our Patreon giveaway tonight. Let's do a giveaway. I've got a disc member, disc in a box, that is yeah, that is uh, waiting to be given away, Terry. Let's do it. Uh, what number let's, should we pick? Let's what? pick the.
2: It corresponds with the amount of trophies Kristen's won this year.
1: Oh, like, gosh, that's all of them. <laughs> yep. She trophied at every event, Terry. Assuming they gave yeah, out trophies did. for the top three, she trophied at every event. Yeah. Okay, so that's not gonna. Did you fill out? Uh, oh, real quick did Did you fill out your uh, DGPT no. media portion? I already did it. I did it right away, and I was. I
2: got time for that.
1: It's like six questions. It's pretty simple. Oh, uh, that's that'll take me too much time. Ranked choice voting. Huh. So. All right, 161 people eligible for this giveaway. Terry, what number are we going to draw? Let's draw number three. Number three, they're sorted by email address. 110, 124, 107. Congratulations, Mr. 107. Or Mrs. Who that is? Uh, Mr. or Mrs. 107. C.S. Cobb. C S Cobb. Oh, what?
2: Is that Chris, Chris Cobb? Cobb.
1: That is Chris Cobb. It is. Yeah. Congratulations, oh, he's Chris Cobb. Something real
2: special, including a special hug from me. Oh,
1: the good kind. Uh, the creepy ones that last too long. Okay. Yes, that's Terry nodding his head. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> congratulations. So, congratulations, Chris Cobb. I will get you the. Um, we'll we'll get you the disc in a box. I'll put your name on it. It's upstairs. I'll write your name on that one. Give it to Terry so he can pass it off to you whenever he gets that, whenever he does that. I don't know. I like it.
2: Yeah, and real quick, um, only because, and we'll talk about it more in the next couple weeks, but uh, super quick, the November 5th, there's going to be an event going on in the Milwaukee area. It's not sanctioned. It's out at a a, a baseball field, Diamond and Oconomowoc area. That's going to be going down. There's going to be some disc golf guy vending and some other stuff. Uh, Midi. Um is going to be hosting it along with some others, beverages, food carts, all this other stuff is happening. I want to throw that out there November 5th in the Milwaukee area, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And then the week after on November 12th over at the Trimborne Farm, which is an event we had last year, it's going to be a temp course. They're going to have vendors, food trucks, uh, merch, beer, and aces. Aces apparently are on the menu or they're on the flyer. So uh, all that's going to be happening. And that is a peter green fall fundraiser it's called the peter green fall fundraiser uh, i believe uh he's been diagnosed he's at he has uh, stage four uh cancer of some kind and i apologize i don't know more details but i do know that there's gonna be a fundraiser and that's ultimately what's the most important so uh november 12th holy cow it's already a third full And it just opened tonight. I just am now looking at it. So Mm. that's taking place. I just want to make sure people know it. You'll hear me talk about it in the next few weeks. But if you're in the Milwaukee area, both of those events, back-to-back weekends, November 5th, November 12th, uh, will be going on. Uh, So I wanted everybody to know that. Um, All right. David John says, can I get a hug in Samui? I owe you a ride and a PM if you want a place to stay. Uh, I think I got a place to stay, but we will definitely hug big time. Bigly, as they say bigly uh when i get to thailand next uh february we're gonna close it out we gotta thank uh of course the guys over at gk pro we talked to luke we talked to isaac and then thank you to sean over at the disc golf pro tour thank you guys all for joining us in the go pay for that show. big money skins 15 go pay for that big money skins get your action in and uh, get excited about it uh thank you guys for joining us it's been a fun night uh I I am genuinely excited about what's to come in the next few months before we kick off for the 2023 season. I've got a lot of things in the works, and uh, I think a lot of people do. You're going to see some good stuff. So for Johnny V, I'm Terry Miller, the Disc Golf Guy. That's Podcast 425's After Show. We'll see you next week when you step aside and mash box.